priorities. I think everything in life comes down to priorities. If someone says they don't have time, what I think they should be saying is it's not a priority. If someone says I'm too busy, what someone should be saying is it's not a priority. And that's fine. I'm not saying that any of this stuff should be a priority. But if you want it to be a priority and you need to focus on this stuff enough, simply prioritize it higher than anything else. I mean, there's no right way to live the life that we've got, right? There's no perfect balance. It's all totally unique to the person that's experiencing it. So if you feel that tension, if you feel that need to be able to disconnect, there's so many people who will just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a week without social media. I'm going to go for a month without doing X, Y, or Z. You know, just like diets, that stuff doesn't work because you come back and you come dive back into it deeper than you've ever done before. But I Welcome to the Scratch Your Own Itch Podcast, the show about the things we think about but don't ever talk about. My name's Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. These conversations are about creating a life worth living. With a focus on sharing stories about battles in our heads, topics range from depression, addiction, self-doubt, past traumas, and everyday compulsive thinking. And my hope is that the show will just shed some light on anyone in the dark that feels like they're alone in their daily struggles. Please take note that this show is not meant to be a replacement for a professional diagnosis or professional therapy. I am not a counselor or a therapist. Hey guys, so when it comes to finding out your mission or how we talk to each other and cultivate incredible relationships within the workplace and jumping out of bed so that you can rush to get to doing the work you love, this person is absolutely, without a doubt, me. (laughs) Nah, I'm totally kidding. Because honestly, I am still trying to find the work that I love doing, and also making a living while doing it. But I have an itch. I have an itch that I have to scratch, and that is picking the brain of someone that does do work that they love and changes the way you view your work. And my guest today knows exactly how to debunk that. And his name is Eric Tumendi. He is a TEDx BCIT speaker in which he gave a speech titled Bigger Than Work. He is the co-founder of Now Innovations and has been featured in Forbes, Thrive Global, Huffington Post, and so many other areas in which he currently kills it in the market of. What is it to love your work? Eric is currently signed with the Speakers Bureau and travels the world giving speeches on the future of work. So this guy is pretty much perfect. Not so fast. Like many of us, Eric hit a point in his life where he had no idea what to do next. He didn't land his dream job right away, didn't have a plan, and didn't know how his next move would actually make him do work that he loved. But it was at that moment when he decided to create his own path and began his journey to remove a negative connotation that comes along with work. And that is that it's work, not work that you love. So my hope today is for that conversation to surround that topic. 
Eric and I are going to debunk myths about the regular 9 to 5 work, loving your work, and why expression and creating content is the way to eradicate depression, negative thoughts. So, without further ado, let me introduce you to my main man, the guest that I have on today, Eric Tumendi. How are you doing, man? And that intro, hold up. I'm going to have to like stop and play that back. That was amazing. I appreciate that. Oh, Thank dude, you. don't even. I uh, I stumbled on some words, so once it's all nice and edited, um, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll let you all right, up. All right, well, I appreciate it all the same. Oh, dude, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on Scratch Your Own Edge, my man. I appreciate it. No, I'm, I'm looking forward to some unscripted questions like you said diving deep debunking some of those myths that i think we've all been living with for quite some time and then hopefully we can come up with some some pretty interesting conclusions and takeaways yeah oh of course um yeah let's do some let's do some reverse engineering and kind of you know talk about i guess uh that big conversation that everyone likes to talk about and you know trauma and past traumas that we've gone through like those super depressive moments um and uh, any of those moments that you want to share about, because I think a lot of our listeners are exactly that. They, they're depressed. They don't know what to do. And they finally got into a workplace where they thought it was going to make them happy. And it's just not. Oh, man. There's, there's so much. There's so much there. And I think the, the bottom line is, is that we all want to, to fit in, right? We all want to belong. Um, but when we look at how society paints, what it means for us to be successful in many cases, I would say the majority of the cases, the things that we want to do, aren't what society defines us to be as successful. And so there's that, there's that pull, right? There's that pull from what maybe family and friends and other people think we should be doing to the things that actually make us feel happy. Right. And then there's a whole bunch of other things that, add, that are added to that. Number one is where do your skill sets lie? Number two, how can you make money doing what you're doing? Number three, how do you get over and, and beat generalized stereotypes between generations or even sexes or ethnicities or religions? You know, there are so many rules and standards that are set just based on who we are uh on the outside not on the inside and you know what i thought was was really incredible is that in the states right now uh the sense of loneliness across the american population has quadrupled in the past four decades and when americans were asked to pinpoint how many confidants or how many people they trusted and can really go to with those deep dark secrets the most common response was zero now when we actually look at this integration and increase of tech technology that we can use right the question that i've been asking so many people is in, in, in a world that's increasingly connected are we connecting more and more or less and less and the truth is is we don't need to have 2000 facebook friends and you know 100,000 linkedin followers and instagram and all like these numbers are very much vanity metrics and what, what i would challenge people to do is to find three people or four people that share a value set that isn't based on age, sex, ethnicity, race, experience. It's based on a common set of values, wants, needs, and expectations and really get to 
be a part of a, a community or a tribe or a group with these people. So you can share ideas, you can talk through problems, you can come up with solutions to problems you didn't even know you had, and ultimately have that sense of, of belonging. And so I think when it comes to my story, I've certainly experienced that. I think we all have to one degree or, or, or another is, is that feeling of loneliness, is that idea of even depression or isolation. And I think the best way that we can overcome that and find people who, who share those value sets with us is to not look necessarily at people exactly the same age or, to, or, or skin color or even in the same job. It's to look at the, what do these people value? You know, in your free time, what is it that, that you do that puts a smile on your face? And how do you find those people who share those value sets with you? And once we can discover that, problem solving and coming up to con with conclusions after is, is going to be much easier. Oh my God, dude, I so agree on so many levels with that. Um, I think that it, for me personally, I can't speak for everyone, but right. I know I feel a lot less exhausted in a conversation where I know that I belong in the conversation. Totally. Like it's, it's energizing to be like on the same level as someone and it's really exhausting to uh, try to pretend to be someone else while you're con communicating with someone that's just not getting what you're trying to say. And this happens with not only our, 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 our friends, but our family members. I mean, like, dude, like, I, I mean, I've had better conversations with strangers as of late than my own family members, because I, I want to, you know, pick their brains and I, and I want to try to help them out. Like, how can we sort of keep that new sort of relationship feeling going? I know that's a crazy odd question but no it's not man i think the the actually the answer is is more simple than you think uh, it's 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 a term that i've been using you know a good friend of mine named riaz he, he said this one time and it really stuck and i think the answer to that is is empathetic curiosity now curiosity for the sake of being curious is one thing empathetic curiosity is a much deeper dive into curious about people and caring about the responses you know it's not just curiosity to learn it's curiosity to care and when you look to have these conversations and you trust people strangers or not you're able to dive into ideas uh, one of my favorite quotes is an Eleanor Roosevelt quote that says small minds talk about people average minds talk about events and great minds talk ideas and the sooner you can talk ideas with people the faster you can build a sense of trust with them right and if you can build that sense of trust then it really doesn't matter what it is that you talk about you know that it's safe right and then you find people with that that are aligned with you in these conversations and it, and it all of a sudden gets a lot easier wow wow i love that i'm gonna start using that for sure empathetic empathy or no it's empathetic um curiosity, curiosity. i love that right. yeah. yeah i love that oh god and that's what you've got because what happens is, is is all of a sudden you want to discover right you want to learn you want to be able to dive into these things and, and and care about these people and if you care about these people the wall that is a lack of trust all of a sudden comes down quite quickly yeah because you're when you're getting to know somebody it's just like I mean, who doesn't want to talk about themselves, first of all? And then who doesn't want to be heard? Like, I think that's the single reason why we ever feel lonely is when we're just not feeling heard. Right. And that's why writing, writing sometimes can be so difficult for people and expressing themselves can be so difficult because they feel like they're completely alone in this and they m might not be heard. Right. Um, and, and like for you, I want to kind of like 
I want to get some hum- humanity out of you a little bit. Right. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you, what was, because like to me right now, like it, people are probably listening to this and they're like, this guy is like really, really sharp. And he seems like he's got a, th- you know, a 4.0 and he came from Harvard and he knows uh, almost every answer to every question in the world. As of right now, like, honestly, you're just blowing my mind. Um, but yeah, so like, how was going to school for you and learning in that environment versus learning on your own terms and, um, and, and, and even starting a business out of, we can definitely talk about driver if you want to, I'd love to talk about driver. Sure, man. I mean, I, when it came to the school experience, um, I struggled academically and did quite well socially. I was involved in a lot of the clubs and extracurricular activities and, uh, you know, events or case competitions. I was, I'm a business student uh, out of the University of Calgary. Now, by no means were my grades 4.0. I'm not a Harvard student. I never did an MBA or a PhD or anything like that. Really, I got the degree that allowed me to venture into what I wanted to do next. And, uh, there, there's no doubt there are always hardships with, with school and everything else. But one, one thing I've come to realize it might be worth sharing is that, um, uh, is that pain and story and success and all of these, these, these emotions are very much relative, right? Um, for example, if you've got somebody in, let's just say Beverly Hills who was living the high life, you know, it's got a $10 million house and, you know, that's the way that you were raised. And all of a sudden, you know, your parents tell you that you aren't good enough or that you're, you're, you're not going to make it or something like that. The, the trauma relative to the upbringing that that individual has is extremely significant. And so uh, if we take the flip side and someone who said, you know, grown up on the back streets of Memphis and uh, didn't have any money and, you know, really struggled to, to get through. And it was, it was basically looking at, you know, food, shelter, water, maybe on stamps of some sort um, that 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 life that they've become accustomed to becomes habitual, much like it does for the person on the, on the flip side of the chart. And so what I've come to realize when I'm you know, talking to somebody and really curious about who they are and where they're at in life. What I try to understand is like how that pain or how those stories relatively sit, right? Because there are some things that I couldn't imagine, you know, happening to me just because that's off of the spectrum that I, that I really knew existed. And so to be able to empathize and put myself in those shoes, or at least do my best to attempt to, uh, and really get a feel for who they are and what, the, what they've gone through all of a sudden. And, and, and again, to really be aware or cognizant of that all of a sudden to the, to break the trust or to break the, the barriers down and, and, and have that conversation of trust becomes a lot more easier. Yeah, so I'd like to kind of, after breaking down the barriers and whatnot, I'd like to ask you, what do you think um, makes someone have this, for example, for me, I'm just really curious about this is like, you know, I've had this huge plan and this, this huge clear vision of what I want to do. And then I get there. And then I feel like, uh, okay, what's next? I feel like your work in driver uh, kind of allows someone to actually adopt the process for themselves 
to continue to stay happy in their workflow. Well, you know, um, I would challenge this. I would challenge that the best advice that we thought we've been getting in the past was to go follow or find your passion, right? <laughs> the thing is, is like, I don't think we as people know what that one passion is. I almost don't even think that it exists. I think instead of trying to find our one passion, what we need to do is to find the things that make us feel passionate. And that could come from one of a hundred different sources, right? Not just that one that we keep chasing. So the line that I've been really gravitating to lately is that we've all heard that the grass is greener on the other side. I would challenge you to consider that the grass is greener wherever we water it, right? And if we realize that we can find happiness and fulfillment from a lot of the things that we do on a day-to-day basis, then perhaps it's not about finding that one thing. It's about finding those many things that we can all be happy and proud of ourselves for doing. The other thing I'll say when it comes to the work context is that uh, in in often... Um, in often cases, what, what happens is that people, uh, that organizations try and attract talent. And I would say that that perks attract talent and experience keeps it. So if you're looking for that job and you know you've got the skills to do it, what I would suggest you do is actually look on LinkedIn or something like that and find somebody who's already in the position you're applying for uh, and then look to take them for a coffee and say, hey, you know, Logan, what's it like working here? What's the experience like in and outside of the office? What kind of life are you able to live as a result of the work that you're doing? How does this all come together for you? And what can I expect? And I can guarantee that at the end of that 30 minutes, you'll either like that person and what they have to say about the company or, and just as positively, you won't. And if you don't, that's just as fine too, because the last thing that you or anyone else wants is to go into an employment opportunity and realize it was never fit in the first place. Yeah. Uh, so have you ever had a story where in which you've maybe uh, gone and, and, and tried to actually uh, work with someone that you looked up to and it didn't go so well? Yeah, I mean, in, in so many cases in the work that we're doing, a lot of the organizations that we're working with will bring us in to look to quantify that culture and that experience a little bit better because either what's happening is they don't have the ability to attract the right talent because they're not telling the right story or they do bring on talent and then they tend to leave 8, 12, 16 months later, right? Because they realize it was never never a good fit. So maybe on a personal level, that hasn't happened to me. But in so many organizations across any different sector and size, I'm seeing that happen quite frequently. Well, I think it's um, you know, taking taking that that real like I, I love how you talk about um, conversations being kind of your new way of currency. Uh, right. And I it could be wrong. So you agree with that? Like, and I think when you have a conversation with someone, instead of like doing the things we want to do we can actually start being the people we wish to be one day. And I, and I know you're talking about that. And that's something that I am not adopting is that I've had that original thought that you, you thought of that first, but I love that you go into actually like, it's kind of a way too to fail a little bit quicker to find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Um, and, and I kind of like hate that word fail, but it is failing faster by, by actually going and, and asking someone like that you look up to, and saying, hey, I need to help you with this because why I want to do this one day and I want to be really great at this thing. Um, so like in your case, like if someone maybe wants to become a speaker like yourself, uh, what would mm. be a thing that they could do, you know, today, uh, not tomorrow, but like today to sort of scratch mm-hmm. that itch and finally start doing some sort of 
um, motivational speaking or, or whatever they want to do, sure. just get in front of crowds. Yeah, I mean, we all we all have our, our community groups, our volunteer things that we do, our former schools, whether it be high school, middle school, post-secondary school, you know, whatever that might be. What I would suggest that you do is, is, is you put a short video together, or if you know the people personally, go in and ask, say, hey, I'd love to just do a quick talk about this to, you know, 15 or 20 people uh, and have it recorded. You can do a recording of, you know, with an iPhone in the back of the room and just start to get that experience. It's all about, you know, repetitions, right? And, and just like anything else, I mean, Kobe Bryant got to the gym at the four in the morning and would shoot shot after shot after shot before practice starts. And just like public speaking, I think I've given 140 talks now, plus all the preparing, plus all the talks before even being signed or anything else. And, you know, it really adds up. And so, you know, like, like anyone else or like any other job, if you want to pick up the piano and be good at it, all it just takes is practice. And so with speaking, it's a little bit different because people think that you need an audience. I mean, one of the first things that I did is I went down to my chamber of commerce, my um, economic development agency uh, downtown. And I said, hey, guys, I know you've got a theater that's empty. For the majority of the day, I'm wondering if I could borrow it for an hour and just, um, you know, practice filming some of my talks and I didn't have to pay for it. And they were super nice and understanding. And then when I look back at that footage, there's nobody in the room. Right. But I got to understand, you know, at least where I could improve, how could I fix how I could fix things and then use that footage and that tape to put in front of somebody that you already know and say, hey, I'd love to talk to your group about X. It doesn't matter what it is, but if you can de-risk them into bringing you in to be a speaker, there's huge opportunity. Hey guys, I really hope you're enjoying the conversation that I'm having so far with my guest today. I'd really like to offer you guys an opportunity. Well, more so, actually, an act of kindness. I would love if you guys took some time just to scroll down in the review section and write a review on what you think about the podcast and if it's affecting your life at all. If it is, that'd be awesome to just leave a review and I would love to take my favorite review and send you a gift. Send you a gift out of kindness. Something that's going to scratch your own itch, of course. And if it does, well, maybe you can also support the show by sharing it with someone as well. So with that being said, you guys are enough and you matter. Back to the show. I think that's so huge that you say that. Like, oh my God. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is uh, no, no work goes uncompensated. And so when you think you're doing it for free, like you will get compensated one day. And I think that that will just, I don't know. I, I don't believe in motivation per se, but I do believe in, in sort of like, you know, hey, uh, for for me and you, we both have done a lot of free work. We need to do free work um, because that's going to ultimately lead you to having impact. If that's your real mission, you know, if that's your mission is to, to, to let people or to give people at least the ability to live a, a more loving life and having better relationships and whatever it may be. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not God and I can't, I can't right. hop in anyone's thoughts that are, that are uh, listening to this right now. But one thing I do want to go into is, is this idea of um, when you actually started speaking, uh, what was sort of something that you expected to happen, but it didn't end up happening. 
You know what I mean? I expected to be a millionaire overnight, to be honest. I mean, every, well, a naive blind entrepreneur thought that it'd be a lot easier than it is. And, and it's not. And, you know, I got put in my place plenty of times, but, you know, you talk about failure being a bit of a, a word that you don't like. I've come to realize that failure is not that like violently visceral feeling you get when you're either like looking over a bridge and you've got fear of heights or you see a snake or a spider or maybe you're flying or you're public speaking or something that's traditionally been something that that really allows you to feel a bunch of fear what i've realized now is that fear is anything less than 100 percent clarity known or what is certain and so if you anticipate 80 percent if you're 80 percent confident of what the outcome is uh, outcome of whatever it is you're going to do next is the 20% of uncertainty, I've now come to call that fear because I don't know what to expect. And anytime I don't know what's going to come out of it, I get that feeling. And I've come to realize that that 20% is the 20% that I, can, that I can actually lean into because it's necessary for growth. And so where fear has always been a negative, has a negative connotation to me, I've flipped that to be very positive because unless I can break through that sense of fear, Unless I can experience that growth because I don't know what's on the other side, then I can break through that and know, be, know that I'll be a better person and have a learning experience because of it. The way that I see it is, is, is anything that doesn't make you stop completely is simply learning. If we go back to, to middle and high school, every time that we did a test, it's the questions that we didn't get right that we focused on because that's what we had to learn, right? We don't call that failing. We call that our delta for growth. And if we can apply that same principle and know that if fear is anything less than 100% of certainty, clarity, or what is known, that 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 delta, that gap that we're unsure about is going to be where the most growth happens. And that's what we can consider to be the real learning, the learning experience from whatever it is we're going to be doing. Oh, man, that just, dude, that gives me so many... Oh, that makes me smile so hard right now uh, because it's just, guys, see how happy I am right now talking with this person? And this <laughs> the same thing can happen for any of you that when you have that curiosity about a person or you have that new, uh, like you were saying earlier, empathetic curiosity, like it can really like just, it's the Drano man for any, any depression or any negative thoughts you have because, um, and, and once you find that dopamine spike, like Eric did, he found his dopamine spike of, of of making his work uh, a place that he loved. And, and I want to kind of talk to, to you about how we do live in a really hard time, much more now to actually find work we love because of our devices and our addictions to our phones and, and how, you know, like when you actually have a conversation with someone, you're almost impatient with them because if they don't give you the right answer, well, you just walk away and, and uh, right. on your phone. And so how does someone, how do you think someone can actually get away from that, that sort of uh, phone addiction and actually start connecting with people again? Oh, man, it comes down to priorities. I think everything in life comes down to priorities. If someone says they don't have time, what I think they should be saying is it's not a priority. If someone says I'm too busy, what someone should be saying is it's not a priority. And that's fine. I'm not saying that any of this stuff should be a priority. But if you want it to be a priority and you need to focus on this stuff enough, 
simply prioritize it higher than anything else. I mean, there's no right way to live the life that we've got, right? There's no perfect balance. It's all totally unique to the person that's experiencing it. So if you feel that tension, if you feel that need to be able to disconnect, there's so many people who will just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a week without social media. I'm going to go for a month without doing X, Y, or Z. You know, just like diets, that stuff doesn't work because you come back and you come dive back into it deeper than you've ever done before. What I think should be done instead is you slowly start to phase out, like download one of those apps that track your time on their, on your phone and try and do five minutes less the next day than you did today. You know, and again, just to phase out because one of the best ways to get into like a diet or to improve your healthy eating habits is to change one thing, not to change the entire day. So for example, it's just like, how do you, um, how do you cut, you know, even like one dessert out if that's what you're trying to do? Or how do you add a little bit of protein? Or how do you add one serving of vegetables? You know, it's just one, it's little increments that then all of a sudden start to build habit. And once habit is built, then it's tough to break. But taking a week off or a week cold from social media or from your phone, that's not habit building. That's simply pattern breaking. And there's a big difference between the two. Oh, could you kind of go into that? What's the big difference? Well, I mean, if, if, if you break the pattern and know there's a finish line that you're looking to cross, then you just wait for that finish line to come and then you're back into your regular routine again. If instead you look to build habit and there's no finish line on the other end, then you look to build a routine that's different than the pattern that you just tried to break before. Mm, mm, mm. Okay, I see. Uh, yeah, that's the foundation of everything that uh, becomes great. You know, like no one, no one started running the four minute mile, you know, that day. Like <laughs> that's right. they needed to break it down and, and really, um, and I think that's the key to it. If, if you want to change it all, like uh, how can you take down an elephant in small bites instead of eating it all at once? Um, so, right. so with that being said, I do want to totally be respectful of your time, my man. I know you're a busy guy and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I would like to do some quick uh, scratch itching questions that are just something that I came up with, you know, while I was doing some research on you. If you wouldn't mind, whenever you're ready, we'll go into that. Of course, fire away. Sick. So if Eric was a spirit animal, what spirit animal would Eric be? No, grizzly bear, I think. That's a great, that, dude, that's a great question. I, I mean, answer, absolutely. I think I'd be a grizzly bear because grizzly bears, well, first of all, I mean, I love to sleep, but second of all, they're, uh, um, they're powerful, but at the same time, they look pretty soft and, and cuddly too. So there's, there's a nice balance. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, what's one superpower that people don't know you have? Um, superpower that people don't know that I've got. Uh, if if sarcasm was a superpower, that would definitely be mine. But the problem with that is that <laughs> everyone knows I've got it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Um, dude, it, I haven't heard you say a sarcastic thing though in like any of these interviews that I've listened to. So I guess Oh I'm, man, this is this is this is game time though, man. Like, oh, you should see. Just wait till I get back like back into typical routine. It is just a it is a mess. Anyways, no, I I I like to have I like to have a different kind of fun on, on these interviews. I like to like you said, dive deep and and to really be 
uh, honest and transparent about the things that I've been going through and the, and the experiences that I've had. And, and then, when, you know, when we're back on the other end of this and, and we don't have a, a tight timeline like we do today, to be able to, to, to dive into things that, you know, on a more personal level and just have some fun with it is, is a different experience all on its own. Yeah, I understand. Totally. Guys, when you're on a mission, you don't waste time. So that's what we're doing today. Um, so with that, I'd definitely like to uh, ask you, this is this is a little tougher one. Um, what is uh, one weird thing that you do that not a lot of people know that you do, but you just have to do it? Um, one thing that I do, uh, I think that it, it might sound it might sound weird, but I I sleep a lot. And, you know, I'm really anti hustle culture. I'm really anti busy. Like when, when I'm on, I'm all the way on. Uh, and then when I'm off, it's totally off. And uh, to sleep eight, even nine, sometimes 10 hours uh, is very common practice. And I think that I've actually been able to get more done with that routine than if I were to sleep less and work more just because of the productivity. And, and, and I think the, the mind power that at least I attempt to put into all of my work requires me to be uh, fully rested. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've gotten kind of into chronotype. Uh, I'm just curious about that. And I want to get my chronotype uh, have you ever gotten that tested at all and seen what? what no, what I haven't. Doing? But I think that'd be I think that'd be quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I would I would definitely check it out. Something I've been uh, definitely super curious about lately. Just as I I, oh. I don't function very well. Like after seven hours of sleep, man, I'm just like dead tired. Like I don't want to. I I just yeah I, right. I it takes me almost like three hours just to wake up and finally feel energy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there you go. But, um, yeah, that's where, uh, you and I are a little bit different, but, uh, right. then again, uh, you have, uh, quite the resume. So maybe I'll try that 10 hour sleep. Maybe I'll just push it up. Well, here's the other thing I'll say about that, because a lot of people will see resumes and things like that. And, and, you know, and I, I had a lot of self doubt too. I think we all do at some point. There's a lot of like voices in our heads that says we can't, we can't do this. We don't have the experience. We don't have the time. We don't have the money. We don't have something that prevents us from doing whatever it is that we want to do. What I would suggest is that, you know, you have to start somewhere. And as long as you can start getting those repetitions in and you're clear about the feeling that you want to have, which I think is more important than the thing you want to do, then that resume for whatever it is that you want to do will start to build itself. But it is about goal setting. It is about crossing those milestones. And most importantly, it's about deciding and starting. Because so often we get caught up in the I want to, but I can't, or yeah, but, or it'd be fun, sure, but, you know, and just like eliminate but completely and just start with one thing. And whether it be just like that diet that we talked about or it's public speaking, is it's, it's the bottom line is just start. And whatever it is that the individual who's listening to you today wants to get started on, I promise you there's someone who is willing to help and there's somebody who you can test on if it's a product or a service or something like that and just say, hey, look, I just want a referral or I just want a testimonial or I just want, you know, some words of support or I just want some feedback or I just want some constructive criticism or I just need something that will allow me to refine what I've got into what I will have. And I know there are so many people that are that are going to be willing to help, especially in industry. And so the only way that you can get 
to have, you know, what, you know, say you want to be a top financial analyst or the only way you can be an athlete of very high level is to start practicing. And as soon as you can decide to start and then get moving, that's the hardest part. Oh man, dude. So true. Oh, that's such premium truth juice right there, dude. Like, Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love that. I love, thank you for going into that. Um, guys, these rapid fire questions thing, they are never working for me, but I love this. Stuff that <laughs> hey, that's out. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go into the plan and then God laughs, right? Um, that's right. Yeah. Uh, the next question is uh, if you could uh, have someone, anyone from history or alive right now uh, and sit them down in a chair, who would it be and what question would you want to ask them? Um, I think like a Winston Churchill or something like that would be so incredible just because of the way that he led people on, on the political side of things. You know, he had some really interesting quotes around just like the masses um, and, and just the political system. And I think I would just love to pick his brain and talk about how he sees society from a very macro level shift and fluctuate and ebb and flow because i just think he had a, a very interesting perspective on on people yeah yeah i'm gonna get more into winston churchill i also gotta read that book that you recommend uh and uh, i mean maybe you can recommend a different book but i really liked uh little giants that that in that idea oh you did you, oh, you read it yeah yeah small yeah that's a that's a great book um there, there are a, a, a ton of really great books in this space. Uh, another one that I've really been liking a lot lately is um, Predictably Irrational, um, which is a really good sort of, I'm not going to say like neuroscience kind of book, but they took a lot of um, societal experiments and, and proved how people predictably at times do things that aren't necessarily good for them um, based on the environment around them. So I would encourage you to take a look at that book. Dude, thanks for the wreck. Yeah, guys, if you guys uh, check that, want to check that out too. And um, you have a book called Rethink Work, or it's 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 almost available, correct? Or is it on pre-order? No, oh, it is. Yeah, no, it's available now. Um, I'm yeah. Canadian, so you'd have to go through Amazon.ca. It's also in bookstores all across the country as well in Canada. Yeah. I do believe that, guys, we are now in a time where you work 14 to 16 hours a day, and that's just the regular. And it's not like that that can be a bad thing, and that can be like the antidote to hell, but that can actually be the antidote to your to your bliss, is if you rethink the way you want to look at work, if you want to change your perspective on it. And I really think that that's what your book kind of does, is changes one perspective and also create a sort of process and and micro habit yourself into uh, making a life that's uh, something that you f feel truly fulfilled to do. Um, and so I guess, dude, I want to end it out with that. I wish we could go into more questions, but I want to respect your time and I want to respect anyone that's listening right now uh, that doesn't have a two hour uh, commute and only has like 50 minutes. So, uh, but if people want to, you know, reach out to Eric, because honestly, dude, I didn't make this podcast to just be another podcast where people like, they just listen to it passively, like, no, take a quote from something that you heard from today, and put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, because once you do that, like that, that sort of quote that you put on in the ethos is going to actually make it real for you. Like you're just by the act of writing it out, 
not just mm-hmm. copying and paste it, like writing it out is going to help you so much. That's right. And yeah. um, if you, if you want to even go one step, you know, further, you make connections with myself or Eric. And if they want to do that, I know you're not a social media lover, but if they want to, you know, get a hold of you some way. Yeah. I mean, uh, link LinkedIn's probably the best. It's his first last name. Uh, I've got a page on Facebook. Uh, it's just first last name as well. And then, uh, uh, Twitter, Instagram handles are just my last name. And, uh, that's, that's where I'm at, man. Dude. Sick. Nice guys. I'll add that in the show notes and, um, link you guys up and hopefully you can not just become, you know, some distant hero in the, in, in some comic book movie, like so many people look up to, but Eric can actually become, you know, a true friend and a real role model for you in your life. So, uh, without further ado, thank you again so much, Eric, for being on scratch your own itch. Awesome. Thank you so much, Logan. Have a great day. You too, man. Hey guys, so there you have another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Eric and I. Oh, that was huge. It was a faster interview. It wasn't too deep in the storytelling realm, but uh, the amount of, I don't want to say the V word. I don't want to say it. Oh, all right, I'll say it. The amount of value, honestly, the amount of value that that guy said was incredible. Like, I, um, I've got smiles that are just going for miles on my face right now because the amount of awesome information that guy left on me. Uh, I, and, and I hope he left on you guys too. Um, check them out. Check more stuff out. Um, and I want to say thank you for always supporting the show. And if you guys need to know this, I don't know if you already do, but this show means the world to me. So please get in contact with me. I will share any review that you do send out on my iTunes review or my Android review or iHeartRadio review any of those places and just connect with me um, or connect with me on Facebook. Uh, So without further ado, you matter and you're enough.